Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxon and Bob Anderson, episode 118. And today we are going to talk the A to Z of property development. So let's jump on in to episode 118. Episode 118. Hey everybody, as usual, I have the favourite guest here. Thank you. I'm glad I'm your favourite. <laughs> but you do make the property uh, education side of this a lot easier, Bob. So today talking about the A to Z of property development, did you have a tip for the week? Uh, live bait's always better than uh, dead bait. Live bait's when better. When you're fishing. Okay, so we've got yet to yet another fishing tip. As opposed to frozen, Yeah. Fresh bait oh. instead of frozen. Oh, yeah. Not that it makes any difference because you keep out fishing me about 10 to 1 anyway. But. Yeah, I know. What is that about? Oh, I don't know. So weird. Um, I think I've just got a better rod than you. No, I think, it's, I, I, I think the fish know you're from New Zealand. No, they hmm. prefer me. They understand my accent. <laughs> hey, as usual, we're going to give away a copy of the book. So the book this week, here it is, Probably Millionaires Exposed, goes to Crystal McCarthy. Crystal we will reach out ask you, and ask you for your address, and that will be in the post to you. The other thing, Bob, is remember two weeks ago, we three weeks ago, two weeks ago. It's a long time for me to remember. I know. It's a while back. But we gave away the feasibility calculator, yep. but we didn't draw it last week because Georgia had sorted it all out, and we, and we didn't have the person. She had, the emails were either sent or being sent. So we, have, we can give it away today. Oh. And? The winner of the Property Mastermind Calculator, valued at $297, is Steve Ditterich. Steve! Mate. Well done, bro. And the cool thing about Steve is he was listening to our podcast a few weeks ago. and I know Steve now. Yeah, and he heard we were going to Melbourne. He was listening to it the day before. Oh, my God, yes. And he came along to our networking event there, which was so cool. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah, it was great was going, to meet him. Great guy, yeah. Yep. Had a couple of sips of a beer with him yeah nice nice so back on to the podcast i think the email's even already gone out to you steve so it'll be there so today we're going to go through the process of property development the same as what we do in our um masterclass yeah masterclass which we had last saturday yep and i must say bob i think that was the best masterclass yet you keep telling me that um yeah i enjoyed it i mean i always do i don't know it was just better than usual okay I've sat I'll, through. I'll take it. I've sat through enough of them. I think, <laughs> I think your information was uh, maybe a bit more detailed. I think it was just really useful. The feedback was fabulous. Hmm, yeah, and it was. I think that when you can hold a, a crowd of online of people and and they don't leave. Yeah. I think three had to leave half an hour before it finished, and they all sent us an email saying that they were sorry they had to go. So how cool is that? That's a pretty good indication because I, I've been on a lot of things, you know, similar sorts of things, and. You end up, they or they end up, whoever they are, with about half the number of people on at the end that they started with. Oh, yeah, for sure. But and you do give away quality info. Yeah. So this podcast is about the information that we, that Bob goes through, the process that we're going to call it the nine steps to property development. And we're going to, we're going to rip through that. So Yeah, won't be four hours this one. No, but what we will also do is I will do what I do and ask extra questions. Oh, Because okay. I like to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so... We start off with, well, in the masterclass, we talk about who property development's for. Mm. Um, 
talk a bit about it, what it is, yeah, all that. And That's a lead not, up. Yeah, and then mm. we talk about the first thing is finding a site. Yeah, so we start on the nine steps a little way in there. Finding a site, yeah. So what we're talking about here is, is particularly the development process. So there could be a little bit of a lead-up in there where you, you know, might get a structure sorted out and obviously work out how much money you could afford to spend. That would be good. Yep. Uh, but, but you're right, finding a site. So finding a deal. And really the, the secret of that is to choose an area that's not too large. We call it uh, choosing a patch. So, Bob... Knowing what you know, uh, after 40 years of property development, oh. so you would have spent a bit of time finding sites, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So when it comes to finding your patch, if you think of all the time that you've been a property developer, when has been the most difficult time in your mind that you remember to find sites? Well, one thing's finding a site, which means you know a site that's the right zoning, it's big enough, that you can develop, let's say. Mm. But, um, you know, beyond that, uh, the, the, well, there's a bit a site that stacks up. You know, not just finding a site, but a, a site that stacks up. But, but that's what I mean, and, and, as yeah. in the time. Well, I mean, rec- in recent times it's mm. been difficult mm. because we had that big push-up in values, you know, one, two years ago, mm. and that most of that big increase in value was... Freestanding houses, townhouses. Let's say, by comparison, never went up nearly as much. And as a result, most of the sites that we that we develop are what we call infill. Yeah. So there's already, let's say, a house on it, and what we're going to do is give it a, a higher density use. So we may keep the house and build in the backyard, or we might demolish the house and do a whole a whole new build. And because houses got quite a lot more expensive that means the sites that we often look at which are really just houses Mm. often old houses but houses all the same became more expensive but the selling price of our finished product being let's say townhouses if we want to use that uh, was lower and therefore the profit margin was squeezed and so property it will find its own level often refer to it like uh, water in a tube you know, it'll find its own level, and it's slowly finding its own level as as we speak. Uh, but uh, that that's been a, a little bit of a tough time. So, would, in terms of finding sites, would you say that over your forty years, right now, would have been the toughest time that you would have had finding sites that stack up? Oh, I can think of a couple. Um, going back, you know, probably yeah. Look early 2000s, 90s. Yeah, look, there's been other times. Mm. But you see, we've never we've never had property go up so rapidly mm. in such a short amount of time and almost at the same time have bill costs go up. Mm. That's like the double whammy. I've seen times when properties escalated in value very quickly. I've seen times when building constructions escalated. But I've never seen either of them escalate that much in a short amount of time and, and at the same time. So that... It probably would be, now that I'm reflecting, uh, been the toughest time. It is, I'm, I'm noticing it's getting easier. We're starting to see more deals around, seeing students getting into deals. Uh, and so, uh, not that they weren't, it was, it, what it meant was you had to look at a lot more deals. Mm. And that might mean having more than one patch, expanding your patch, engaging a buyer's agent, to, you know, a, cl- a proper, decent buyer's agent, 
No offence to all the other buyers' and, agents. And talking to more agents yourself, you know, you have I, to work I'm, harder. I just want to clarify that buyer's agent thing hmm. because buyer's agent, there are different types. Some are buyer's agents for rental properties. I think hmm. that's what Steve did, actually. Hmm. Uh, some are buyer's agents for... Uh, just people finding rental investments. So everyone has yeah. a niche, and a, a buyer's agent for property development is different to your standard. Sure is, yeah. and even those they're not they're not all great. Yeah, because they don't all understand feasibilities. Yeah, yeah. We've had some buyers agents go through our course to become better buyers agents, and particularly so that they can have a look at a. A property, understand what you can do, do a feasibility, make sure it stacks up before they present it to people. Yeah. And often, you know, buyers agents, there's, there's, there's a whole range in terms of their ability. Yes. So yes. you may have to go through a couple or hopefully get a good referral. That's particularly if you're time poor. Finding mm. a site's important. We can't do anything until you've found one. Yeah. And engaging a good buyers agent or a buyers advocate, as they're often called in Victoria, can save you time. Well, we're on the whole. If they're a good one. <laughs> well, I said that, that the whole finding a site. So that... It has been a bit tougher while we're on that subject. So you believe right now that things are easier? Getting easier. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. How good's that? Well, bill costs have flattened right out. Yeah. I mean, a couple of builders I've seen, they haven't put their prices up all year. Perfect. Um, the big quantity surveying firms, you know, Mitchell Brantman and the like, forecasting three, three and a half percent price increase in the next 12 months. Um so, yeah, like that's not the problem it was. That's getting back to what it like always used to be, just a slight increase. I don't see them getting going backwards. No. But I see them well, – I've already seen them flatten out. I've already seen that. And we saw some prices go backwards uh, early – well, last year particularly. This year, uh, which is 2023, obviously, we've seen very modest, very minor price increases in the Australian capital cities. And – Remember, that's a whole city. It's not just a suburb. So, yeah, so, so it has, so, it has to, uh, you know, to, uh, calmed, calmed down. down. Yeah. So our first thing is finding the site. The second thing in the property development process, the A to Z, is doing your due diligence. Mm. Okay, so, Bob, if you could give me what's your biggest takeaway? Your, uh, you've probably got five things that must happen or ten or whatever yeah. there is. What is something – actually, probably a better question would be, what is something that you see – People stuff up, stuff up up when it comes to due diligence. Where's the biggest mistake made? Almost anywhere in there. But I mean, the obvious ones are zoning size, and, and I'd say frontage. So, so zoning has to be the right zone. It's no good looking at a, trying to find a townhouse development if the zoning doesn't allow townhouses. So, mm. zoning's the critical one, but but probably a fairly simple one to sort out. Size often there's a minimum size to be able to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it starts getting down into things like frontages and the like, but and you know, how high you can develop. But I think services, services, you have to be able to get a stormwater connection, have to be able to get a sewer connection. And I've seen people just go and buy a site Duh. where they actually couldn't get it connected. Right. You know, they might have had to go through a neighbour to get their sewer connection, the neighbour says no. Go and they just, assume, they just assume that it would be a, a oh, I dead... No, I well, hadn't even been soon. smart enough to assume that. Who knows? Oh, you know, gosh. Um, see some... 40 years in the business, I've seen some pretty amazing things that people have done. Like yeah. crazy stuff, you know, the, the stuff they bought. So service connections, particularly stormwater and okay. sewer, critical. That's where I see a lot of people come undone. But, th- but even on things like trees, you know, like, mm. 
yeah, it's something out of left field, but seeing people by sight with a tree and just thinking, oh, I'll just cut that tree down there and, uh, you know, we'll be right, we can do these townhouses and you can't touch the tree. Depending, no. That depends a lot on the type of tree, the size of the tree, the council, how green they are, like a whole heap of things. But And, uh, oh, there's one you know about mining subsidence. Mm. Guy bought a, bought a site, had mining subsidence. Didn't check? Didn't check, can't develop it. Because basically you end up like the people in Miami, you just implode into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> there is that yeah, risk anyway. So due diligence, that's where I see people that get into trouble doing property development, a majority of them make the mistake at the due diligence phase. Is that, and is that mainly, Bob, because they don't know what they don't know? Usually. You know, often when people think, oh, I can learn this by asking somebody or a cheap way or off the mm, internet Google or... It yeah, Google it. That's the whole. When you don't know what you don't know and the person who's telling you doesn't know what they don't know, also they don't know what you don't know. Hmm. And so that's where that can be a problem. Yeah, just inexperienced information. Yeah. I saw a guy get into trouble once because he his bill price was about probably two-thirds what it should be. And I did I get to talk to him at one point, and I said, where'd that bill price come from? And he said, oh, a mate of mine told me. I said, you made a builder. <laughs> and and his that. mate wasn't a builder. His mate had done a two-lot subdivision once and was calling himself an experienced developer. So, yeah, look, like I said, crazy stuff I've seen. So... Yeah. And continue to from time to time. So the next one in the process, so we've gone finding a site, we've done due diligence. The next one is financial feasibility. Yeah, number crunching. It's almost a, a subset of due diligence. It is, you know, yeah. One thing is to do the due diligence things that we talk about. And as you know, in our course, we've got a very detailed due diligence checklist so you can go through and tick them all off so you don't miss them. That's mm. an important thing, not to miss stuff. Mm. But getting the numbers right is important. And, you know, there's three big numbers. There's the sale price that you're going to sell these things for. Better get that right. Your construction price and what you pay for the land. They're the three big costs. There's lots and lots of costs in a property development, but they're the three big ones. I think also, Bob, what people might not understand is the timing of costs. And yeah. being able to run, if you use the calculator, uh, the property mastermind one, and what the estate master or whoever else mm. you might have, just understanding that, that there those there are those timings that are affected. That affect you know it's when money's coming mm. in and out. It's how much money will cost you. The cost of money mm. um, when payments are coming in and out, GST payments, all of that sort of thing. Yep. And that's the importance of understanding a feasibility. It's probably one of those questions we get asked a lot. People yep. just. Uh, just strangers who've had nothing to do with us email us in their feasibility and ask us to have a look because we've got all the time in the world to do nothing. Yeah, of course we have. Yeah. yeah. But there are that is one of those things that people like to and it's because it's vital. Yeah. And I'm tempted to always look at other people's feasibilities. Not not so much people say within our mentoring program because we work close to oh, with, of course. with them and I'm, we're looking at them all the time. But occasionally I see one coming in from outside and it might be that a site's come up mm. for sale. And the owner stuck a feasibility with it. I, I, I just can't, can't help myself but have a look at it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's often shocking, like, the things that they leave out. Mm. Uh, like, I have a look at, um, well, sometimes there's no GST, you know, which only happens to be 10% of your costs mostly, most of your costs. Uh, that, that, that's in there. Or it might see an outlandish sale price, you know, to make it work. Mm-hmm. You can make any feasibility work, just to, just make your sale prices high enough. Uh, but, yeah, and, and I see a lot of things left out. And I see dates. I see a project that 
that they've rolled out over 12 months that I know is going to take 20 months. Mm. Uh, you know, and that, that shortens up your interest a lot. So automatically I have a quick look and the interest, my goodness, that interest looks really low. And it's either they use a really low interest rate that you can't get on a development or a really tight time frame or both. You know, they'll have a, a low interest rate and, and a quick project. It's mm. <laughs> going to do a lot to help your interest. Because if your interest is low, it makes your project look better than it is. For sure. Uh, interesting, we had an NBN problem today and the NBN man mm. came around and fixed it after 18 days. Cheers, NBN. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Supposed to fix it in two. Yeah. It took 18. He couldn't believe it. But anyway, that's that's another whole story. I don't have in that can of worms. How do we get onto that? Well, the, when we were, we were walking out, because I had to let him out. Oh yeah. And he said, "What do you What do you guys do?" And I said, "Oh, we do property development because I don't think I come across as somebody who looks like a property developer." No. And then I think he sort of didn't understand what I meant. I'm not sure because then he goes, "Oh yeah, I was talking to some developers, and they said that that they he goes, it's really interesting. They have to." This was the figure, so this is what he believed. Hmm. They have to have $16,000 profit on each site. This is what he said to me, and I was just like, okay. I, I, I thought, where on earth are you coming up with these numbers? What are you talking about? I said, the, I said, there's lots of different types. You know, you might be a duplex, you might be a fourplex, you could be just splitting a piece of land, it could be an apartment building, it could be anything. And I, I said, that everyone's, all of it's a bit different. He goes, yeah, but I couldn't believe that 16000 And I said, well, really, the financial, uh, the what the, the profit is on the, the land isn't really about what they make. It's so they can get a loan from the financier, mm -hmm. mostly. Of course, it's about what you can make. But uh, honestly, I, I sort of... NBN technicians, they're NBN not developers. Yeah. yeah. If I'm you're making $16,000 profit on a lot, yeah. you'd be selling blocks of land for like probably $70,000, yeah. which would be impossible because it costs you probably $70,000 just in civil costs. I, I think I think <laughs> that was stuff. one of those one there of those conversations where somebody just opens mouth and inserts foot, and I just sort yeah. of thought, okay, anyway, nice chatting. I got to go and yeah. So hopefully none of his friends decide to do a property development and ask him about costs. Yeah, and let that be a lesson to you. So we've been unfinding the site, due diligence, yep. financial feasibility. Next thing, Bob is purchasing the site. Well, that's pretty straightforward, really. Yep. I mean, typically we use a contract. Yes. To purchase. You can use an option that can swing into a contract down right. the track, yep. you know. If, but generally, it's most of the time we sign a contract. Yep. And so that's pretty straightforward. I mean, there, there could be conditions on the contract or certain things that have to be satisfied. And contracts, remember, are state-by-state state things. So yep. the rules are a bit different in every state. You know, New South Wales is probably the most di most different state with the way they do exchanges and that there. But, yeah. but whatever it is... Uh, and if you sign a contract and you don't have all your ducks lined up, make sure there's a backdoor. I mean, the, the obvious thing is finance approval. If you don't have a finance approval and you need to sign a contract to get a finance approval, obviously make sure it's subject to finance approval, but it may be subject to further due diligence or whatever. Mm, mm. Always make yourself sure you've got a backdoor on your contract uh, until you can satisfy everything and then, then you're fine. But that's pretty straightforward. It's a property, property lawyer there. Have you ever made any big mistakes when it comes to purchasing a site, Bob? Or a, a mistake um, that you've just got out of by the skin of your teeth or, you know, that you can remember personally in your earlier days or even? I've never oh, – I've had plenty of problems over the years from time to time. I, don't, I can't recall that any of them were buying a lemon. No. Oh, no, because you do. Um, 
But, I, you know, I've had issues. I build, my two builders go broke on me. That caused some drama. What about contractual? Because we're talking about when it comes to purchasing, purchasing a site, like you said, it's more about the contract. Hmm. Do you, you don't recall anything that you've been ever been stuck on? Contractually, I always had really good lawyers. Yeah, you do, you. Um, yep. So, from a, not from a, not from a contract point of view, uh, but really, it's the contract's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's really, it, it's really about just covering yourself with a back door until you're satisfied with everything, or you might buy at an auction. Uh, it's an unconditional contract from day one. Well, make sure you get all your due diligence and make sure you get all your numbers right before the auction. Mm-hmm. Know how much you can bid. Don't get emotional. Don't go over. Just. No emotions. Okay, the next one is finance. Oh, no, we just did – next one's approvals. Getting approvals, yeah. Well, that's where you can get into a real can of worms. So your first first approval will be a development permit. So we'll just keep it simple. I mean, there's all all types of how you go about this, but if we keep it simple, you have to get a development permit to do, whether it's a – you know subdivision or townhouses or whatever Mm -hmm. and that involves council so as soon as you introduce council to the equation strange things can happen oh yes so i don't almost don't even like opening that can of whims around you oh that's okay i can you can cope now i can cope okay um but and look there's a lot of variables there so you you need the right people on your team let's say you're going to do some townhouses or a duplex somewhere where you're building so you'll have an architect, a town planner, you'll have a surveyor. Surveyor does the survey, architect does the drawings, town planner makes sure everything complies with the planning scheme. Landscape architect puts some some uh, colour around around that and pretty simply. A few other things happen depending on the complexity of it. So the bigger the project or the more complex, the more detail goes into the development permit. Mm-hmm. But then that'll go into council for approval typically. And so that's where that's where you, you can come off the rails a little bit. It might be non-complying with the planning scheme. You might be trying to, you know, sneak in something a little, you know, maybe on the car parking front or the landscaping front or the setbacks. You know, you might be trying to cringe a little bit on the front setback. So that's where, well, a really experienced architect and town planner, and look, ideally even doesn't have to be this, but if you've got an architect and a town planner that are used to working together, mm. that's a bonus. Yeah. Not, it's not necessary that they have, but that's I think a good thing. We've even talked on previous podcasts around that, around people that have had issues that mm. didn't know that their, their people that were working together, architects and town planners, weren't getting on, mm. and that can hold people up. So, I mean, I know in, in our podcast, sometimes we touch on stuff that we've mentioned in another podcast, but I hmm. do I distinctly because I know who that was and I know how big it was for him. Yeah. It was such a pain. Yeah, it could certainly be good. And like some of the projects that we're involved in, well, you know that, but it, it's a team that we, you know, that's been rolled over through probably six, seven projects. Mm. Similar projects, you know, similar areas, but. Well, I know yeah. somebody who got really stuck on approvals and it took forever. That COVID thing, you mm. know who I'm talking about and he listens to us. Yeah. Hey, how you going? Accidental. Um, the, the, the accidental developer. Yeah. His approvals just took so long. First of all, it was COVID was their mm. excuse. And then it was just like bad management really, wasn't it? I mean, 
and some not, ways not on his part. No, gosh, no. In some ways, time can be on your side, <clears throat> as in you've got an increase in price, so that probably will go in his favour. It did, as it turned out. Yeah, yeah, and that can happen. But you know, he did everything he could, and mm. you know, he would come back to us. What do I do now? Is like go back again, go oh, back again. Delays, yeah. Delays. And look, it can happen to anybody. Why was it I mean, so long? Like, why was that ridiculously long? Well, council first, because he got in the back end of COVID, so a lot of council officers were working from home, just the whole process was slow. Mm. And then the civil engineering gauge, and it was a subdivision, so primarily driven by a civil engineer, well, they promised the world delivered a... Uh, D- delivered a map or you know, what they delivered it wasn't the <laughs> world anyway. one of those round things a globe that, a globe yes they delivered, <laughs> a, the world, delivered, delivered a globe, a globe. Oh. and uh, in, in spite of him you know getting on their backs they were they were atrocious I mean you know we went through that we went through some terrible delays on, on one of our large projects at the same time through that council mm. I was, no offence meant to any of the council officers out there but I used to make the joke council officers how hard do they work when they're at work well how hard are they going to work when they're at home and it was a slow process and then the civil our civil engineers promised four months and it turned into about 10 and you know i knew the person that owned the business and we're just like hounding them and they were ducking and weaving that's so embarrassed but like i've never had anything drag out that far before yeah uh but you know a lot of people are in the same boat they were just so busy and they just Got, took on way too much work. Mm. Uh, so, so that's approvals next week. That's approvals. And then the, the next part's the building approval, let's say the building permit, oh, yeah. which is great because now you're in control. Like the development permit, you've got council in there, and they can be pretty slow sometimes. There are, in different jurisdictions, there are some fast-track ways of getting development permits, mm. you know, in different New South Wales, Queensland, uh, other states even, but... The building permit, now you're back in, in control of your consultants and the council's off the action. So you can generally, with a good team, keeping everything organised and flowing, you can get through there relatively quickly. Mm. And it's just it's just a lot more detail in the plans, really, and a few extra engineers putting putting in their bit. Mm. But at least you can control that pretty much. You, you know, you've got no control over council and mm. they want to be on the go slow or someone goes on holidays. And we even have had past mentoring students that work in the council, mm. and they still have the same problems, don't they? That, well, yeah. It's, they, it's just, yeah, well, we sh- we're not they, here. They, we're, they know the problems. They, they see it on we're a not, daily basis. We're, we're, not, we're not here to bag the council, but they, that is the problem with approvals. Um, that's the, the big one. The next one, Bob, is finance. So we've gone finding a site, due yeah. diligence, financial feasibility, Purchasing your site, approvals. Now we're up to finance. Some, some people might say, what, finance, you've already bought the site. <laughs> yeah. Good point. They might say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's thinking that? Who's thinking, how come finance is way down here? Yeah, I thought I'd cover it in, at that point. Yeah, so this is the order we cover it in the master class. And you've got to remember, a lot of these things cross over. So that mm. while one thing is happening, another thing is happening. So that there's not, you yeah. don't finish one and start the next. And occasionally you may have to do them out of order. Like we've got marketing at the, uh, near the end here after we've we're finishing building, whereas if you had to get a pre-sale, let's mm. say, or two to get your finance, mm. then you would be doing some marketing right back to start to get a development permit. Well, you've got marketing going on on a fairly big project that you're doing, and that started well before, I think, a piece of dirt was moved. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it, that would definitely comes to doing be, something out of order. Yeah. Because you have to. Yeah. So the finance that's just getting it all sorted, but. That's just getting your finance sort of building. Well, your finance, yeah. So, look, typically on a development, you need finance twice. You need finance when you buy Purchase, the site. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then when you, when it comes time to start construction, which means you've purchased the site, you've got your development permit, your billing permit, and now you want to start construction, this is usually where you get another another lot of finance. Another debris, chunk. Another chunk of another finance. Another chunk of money so that you can get the money to go on and build everything and sell it. And so I've, I've put the finance in there. So the initial finance, you might just be buying an, an old house on a block of land with no approval. It's just like buying an investment property, really. Mm. That's all it is. But once you've got your approvals and you want to do construction, it's a bit different. It's more like a... Well, it, it could be called a construction loan, a project loan, and they're often... Well, not often. They're done as what we call a commercial loan. Different from the type of loan when you bought your house or an investment property, pretty much that would have been a standard retail loan from a bank. So this is down the other end, this is like construction finance. You know what I find that when we have probably 50% of the mentoring students that come on or fifty, you know, a lot of the people that I work with, mm. this is the thing that they can't get their head around initially. So how? So I've got that loan and then I get that loan there there is that confusion at that point mm. it's just that simple oh is that what it is okay yeah, yeah. and you n- you've, you never have two loans that confuses people like yeah. they can say okay I need a loan to purchase the site and I need a loan to construct it how am I going to cover two yeah, loans everything. no well you don't you will only ever have one loan that's one that second loan other. that construction loan will pay out whatever's owing on the first loan because the financier wants a first registered first mortgage as security you can't have two different financiers both having a first mortgage, even though your construction finance might come from the same source as the, the finance that um, mm. bought the site, usually it's not. And then we're up to construction, Bob. Yep, and construction. So we bought the site, we've got our approvals, we've got our finance all set for the construction and the, and the builder starts. So. so can I ask then a question, what is the biggest problem you see when it comes to construction? Well, ch- well Having having the right builder. I mean, that sounds like a stupid answer, but it's a, a simple the right question. Answer. But if you've got a good builder, the building phase will be a joy. It always is. You know, when you've got a good builder, they're they're on time, they're on budget, may even get ahead of time, and they're doing a good job. Everything they said they're doing, they're doing. It's good quality work. It's it's done at a at a reasonable pace. You know, at least in line with the contract timelines, mm. and. You just don't have issues. They, if there's a problem, they'll phone you. Like you'll work through it, you'll sort it, and they'll do a good job. And you'll finish on time. You'll finish on budget, and it'll be a good job. And you think, wow, I want to use this builder again next time. Mm. That's a good experience. A bad experience is if you choose the wrong builder, let's say, mm. and you'll have problems on the way through. They'll mm. they'll be trying to nibble ducking, you for extra money for, for variations. Yeah. You know, they'll be trying to get variations all the time, trying mm. to get extra money out of you. They, they might be falling behind in time. Uh, the quality of the work's a bit dubious. I mean, that, mm. that's sort of everything bad. Yeah. Uh, the other one was everything good. Uh, but, like, a good, a good builder is a, is a joy to work with. And, mm. uh, well, as you know, like, you know, one of the builders we use, probably four or five projects. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so. I even, like, mine over in WA. Yeah, yeah. 
he become a friend, mm. <laughs> which is your great. Your joint venture partner, the builder. Yeah, and how good's that? Well, so, he's a good mate of ours too. Yeah. These days, yeah. Yeah, so, so it, the, the, when it comes to construction, it sounds to me like something that could should be considered is the relationship. Yeah, and and choosing the right builder, there's a you know there's a whole heap of questions that you need Ooh. to ask and do your do your due diligence properly on them. Do you know what I'm thinking as you say that? Mm. If you get a red flag, like follow your gut feel a little bit as well. Check mm. out the the due diligence on the builder. But if you're feeling what just popped into my head it would be especially if you're a female and you're feeling like you're being railroaded or you're not comfortable enough to speak to them that yeah. would be an issue well you do you do quite a bit of talking to a builder before you engage them yeah i mean you might let's say you're working with three builders you're getting pricing on mm. from three builders there's quite a bit of to and to and fro talking mm. there's plenty of time there to feel them out mm. uh, we, we approached a builder not long ago and, and among a few other builders and the communication was terrible it took him you know, a day or two to get back and respond to things. So I thought, gosh, if he can't even respond to an email, mm, he's what's he going to be like on site? So we just yeah. tossed him in the bin, won't be going back there, uh, and uh, work with some other builders mm. to get a good price. I'm just even now just thinking of three women, and I'm sorry I'm talking about women, but three women in the mentoring program. Because I probably see this as a female having to connect with work with males who probably see this as more of a man, man's industry not that it is but I would think some builders might think that and the three women that I know of that you know I'm talking Julie Connie Kaz doing developments who I know are, have good relationships with their builders hmm. I mean I know that some Kaz had some problem dragging the chain but she's kind of you know yeah yeah got yeah, you bought, bought them coffees and things like that. So, you know, and that's, I think, the relationship side of things is important at that point. Yeah, and that, that sort of develops too during a, yeah. During a project. Yeah. Um, because but, he was asking her, can I do the next one as well? Hmm. Which is, you know, that's great. That's a carrot. But my attitude is, well, we haven't finished this one. So, we'll yeah, see how you go, mate. Let's see how you are at the yeah. end of it. So the next one, Bob, is the marketing, even though we talked mm. about perhaps that can start earlier on because you may need pre-sales. Yep. So the marketing, what's your, what's your top tip on marketing? Oh, top tip. Look, it, most of the people that we work with, you know, particularly in our mentoring program, they're doing smaller projects. They're not doing, you know, five-storey apartment blocks. They're doing small subdivisions, duplexes, small townhouse developments. Yeah. So nearly always it, it'll be a local, a local real estate agent typically that would do the marketing it might be the agent that introduced the site so I, look one thing is use local real estate agents I've, I've seen people use agents from like eight or nine suburbs away mm. because they live there and they know a local agent mm. and their friends and they promise them to sell it and and they're nine suburbs away mm. uh, that's a big mistake don't do that use a local agent who's active i like acti that. actively marketing new projects that's a big mistake. in that area that's a big mistake don't do that no it is a big mistake <laughs> yeah i've seen it happen i've seen them languish uh and that's that's you know rule number one use a good local agent someone yep. with a track record someone yep. who's very familiar with selling new projects and and it's going to work for you the seller mm. some agents well look let's say there's two types of agents but there's not but some work heavily for the for their you know for the seller which is who they should who they should work for that's the one paying the commission we see some agents they just want to get a deal done they just want to get a commission mm. and so quite often we have and we know some agents like this there's agents that we 
would like to buy a site through, but we wouldn't necessarily want them selling our product because they don't really necessarily work too hard for the for their client, you know, for mm. the vendor, and they'll just do whatever they need to do to try and get a deal. Well, th- they're fine. I'd be happy to buy a site through them. I, w- I don't want them selling my product. No. In fact, there's a couple of – there's an agent, um, as you know, on a project we're involved with at the moment who we've nominated as the selling agent. And I hate buying sites with, through him because mm. he works so hard for the vendor, which I admire, <laughs> which is why he's selling is involved in the sale of, of, of that project, you know. So. Mm. so that's the marketing. And then last one, Bob, show me the money. Show me the money. Settlement. Little Tommy. What, what, what can we talk about with settlement? That's oh, a great time. Yeah. Money flowing in. Yes. Um, well, that's done by a, by a property lawyer. Look, before you can settle, you have to get your titles. Let, let's say we're doing even something as simple as a duplex or a two-lot subdivision. Mm-hmm. We're either going to sell the lots, you know, we might going to sell the two units in the duplex. Well, we can't do that until we have our separate titles. Mm. Once we've got our separate titles, then about a month later, we can settle. And so we need to get those titles as quickly as possible because every day is costing us money. Our loan's probably fully drawn at this point. We're on maximum interest, and we want to get those settlements in as soon as we possibly can. Mm. My tip is, is it is not a time to drag the chain. Uh, you need to get those titles. A into G. You need to get your A into G, <laughs> get those titles sorted out, which we'll be dealing with mostly your good consulting surveyor, a little bit with your lawyer, uh, and, and the, well, the billing certifier as well at the end, like getting all those things at the end. Once the build is finished, there's a little flurry of activity, getting those things done as quickly as possible to get the title so you can settle, pay your loan off. So, Bob, that is the nine steps to property development, and that is what we covered on our masterclass last Saturday. Now, if you would like, we just did that in 35 minutes. If you would like the three-and-a-half-hour version of that, where Bob goes through that with a little bit more detail, we've decided if you send us an email, we will send a link out and you can watch the masterclass because it was so good, Bob. Um, yep. And that's, it's really enlightening for people. Then if you're, what I would like to do now is just clarify what we offer as far as products go. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, so... That is the property development process. We teach property development, mostly Bob Dubs. What's missing from that, Bob, which is the overriding factor and probably really heavy in the first three, mm-hmm. is confidence. Everything. Property it's, development is a confidence game. It's for people. People really need to decide they're going to do something mm-hmm. and decide that I am a property developer and I am going to do property development and go and do it. So that is something that's probably missing in it's our huge. nine steps. Yeah. You, 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 could, you could do our course a hundred times and know it inside out and upside down as well as I do. But if you don't have the confidence to take that first step, it's all just a heap of knowledge in your head. You might as well go fishing. You could be a school teacher. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, I'm going to clarify the three prop- the three products that we have available to so if you're interested in in understanding what we offer this is what they are the first one is our membership now that's our lowest entry product so that's a dollar sign up so if you want to jump in on that you just sign up for the first month for a dollar and then it's 149 dollars a month after that so that's the cost out of the way i've, I've gone there 
But what that offers is there are four courses in that. There is a, a mindset coaching course. Critical. That's the one we talked about, building confidence as well as knowledge. Yeah, and just learning how to take consistent action. The second one is um, the property development course. Remember, it's an introduction to property development. It is not our full-blown course. It is an introduction to property development. It goes through in more detail than the masterclass, but it's not all of, it's not. If you seriously want to get into property development, there's an alternative you'll talk about. Yeah, and then the next one is the small subdivisions course, and there are six modules in that, and then the last one is Renovating 101. So that is what we offer in our membership, which is our entry level, and they are all introductory courses. So if you are serious, that's if you're interested. They roll out uh, the last module in 12 months. Yeah. And it's for people that are busy, interested, want to learn about it. But if you're serious about property development, then by far our most popular product is our bundle. And that is the full property development course. Nothing like the one in the membership. It is the A to Z. It is spilled out completely. There are checklists. There are flow charts. There's 27 videos. There's 31 check sheets. And every other educator's done it. Uh, Most people doing property development right now. Yeah, I'm not joking. Most people doing property development right now have wished they came here and got it first. It is very detailed and it is an excellent course. So that is our course. That is part of the bundle, which also comes with a workshop. Now, our workshop is in in November at the Gold Coast. And it's on the 3rd, 4th and 5th this year, 2023. So that's part of that bundle. So you get the online course forever. You just get it all in one hit. It is the detailed course. Then you get the workshop. You also can bring a partner, whether that's your life partner or a business partner to that. So you're welcome to bring them. That's included in that. You also get to attend the next online streamed live three-day workshop we also stream Mm. one because some people want to jump in again brush up on knowledge they're in a different part of the country Um, that's all part of that and you also get our live Q&A every second week so there are four parts to that the online course forever two tickets to the workshop in November that's full three days the live Q&A and the next online live full workshop yeah and that's that's our what do we call it? Most popular. That's well, the bundle. It is the most popular yeah, that's flagship that's program. It's if you're serious about a thousand developers or th- several thousand or whatever. Yeah, if you're serious about property development, that would be the one you want to get. Mm. I think sometimes when people see the membership, they think that I had a conversation with a lady today, and she was a little bit confused because she bought the membership and thought that was our course and I was like no that's just the introductory level Um, because obviously this is a business we are in the business of education so you know this is how we do our business and then lastly we have our mentoring program and that's if you want to do a property development you are keen to do one now and you want to save yourself a fortune well then you have a a conversation with us and we work with about 20 people at a time you get all of those other courses you get everything you get to speak to Bob whenever as many times not whenever not but you get to speak to Bob as often as you like that is not limited Uh, you get to speak with Aaron and you get to speak with myself and there is extra training on top of that which is always recorded but the best thing about our mentoring is you want to learn how to do a feasibility you can jump we'll just do a zoom session with you and show you how to do a feasibility we just absolutely hold your hand right through the whole thing and that's for people who are Mostly beginners, we mostly have in that. That was another thing. Somebody thought Mm. that we only have people that want to do bigger projects. No. But if you wanted to do bigger projects, well, then this is the man you want to learn from because he's done bigger projects. Happy to take you through your first two-lot subby, townhouse, duplex, or 10-storey high-rise, whatever you want to do. So anyway, that is what we offer for those who had a bit of confusion. 
But just remember, if you want to see the masterclass from last week, just send us an email, admin at Property Mastermind, and we will get that out to you. Bob, anything else that you would like to uh, say in closing? This has been a longer podcast than normal. Some people will be like, oh, it's too long. Too long. Too long in in Connie's pocket. I wonder what she's up to today. Last week, after we said on the podcast we're in her pocket, she texted me and said, I was just on my way to Bunnings, so there you go. There you go. Connie listens to to us uh, when she's she's out there doing her whatever, landscaping. Digging holes, moving bricks. Digging holes, doing due diligence. So, so actually one other thing. If yeah. you have a friend that you think might benefit from this, share the podcast to them uh, or even give us a rating. That would be great because then more people can find us. So Okay. No, I, I haven't got anything to add. I think I've talked enough. Yeah, I feel like I've wrapped it up. And you did the big talk all the way through. I would like to just give myself a plug. If you wanted to buy my book about uh, three, three wines, wines in, in, you can get it from my website, hillarysaxton.com. How to increase your self-confidence today and and succeed in all areas of your life without the hangover tomorrow, meaning how to have the confidence that alcohol gives us but without having to have alcohol to be confident enough to achieve what we want. So if you want to be a property developer, so it doesn't matter what you want to be, do or have, that's the way to get there. That's the plug for myself. Oh, a bit of plugging at the end, but hey, this is our podcast. So we are, somebody posted actually on YouTube, because this is also on YouTube, that could be talked about something else, and uh, like talked about products we had, and they said, advertorial. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we give away hours and hours of free content, and then we talk about ourselves, and they comment like that. Do they know it even cost money for us to do this? It's a ridiculous thing they must have been listening ridiculous get a life yep get a life anyway for those of you keen to learn property development from us you know where we are and we wish you all the luck in the world we will catch you next week we shall bye bye